Hello, everyone. Welcome back to From the Front Row, brought to you by the University of Iowa College of Public Health. My name is Logan Schmidt, and if this is your first time with us, welcome. We're a student-run podcast that talks about major issues in public health and how they are relevant to anyone, both in and outside of the field of public health. Today, we are talking with Morgan Kennedy. She received her undergraduate degree in physiology from the University of Iowa and is now a fourth year medical student at Iowa's own Carver College of Medicine. Currently, she is also the clinic operations executive of the University of Iowa Mobile Clinic, which provides free health screening, prevention, education, and basic health services to underserved populations. Today, she is here to talk with us about the clinic and its role in the community. Welcome to the show, Morgan. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be with you all. Yeah. So first off, can you tell us a little bit about your story? What was your journey to medical school like and then becoming the mobile clinics clinic operations executive? Yeah, of course. My journey to medical school has been a little bit long winded. I, you know, realized that this is what I wanted to do with my life somewhere kind of midway through my undergraduate degree. I always knew that I was really interested in science and kind of human physiology and wanted to do something within that realm. When I came to the University of Iowa, I got really involved with an organization called Dance Marathon that some of you all might be familiar with that focused on providing emotional and financial support to pediatric cancer patients at our children's hospital here. And that really kind of drove my passion for helping others in a medical aspect. I was really passionate about being able to be there for them kind of in this nonprofit financial and emotional way, but realized after being in the hospital so much and being around these patients that, you know, that was the environment I wanted to be in and what I wanted to do with my life. So that's what drove me to kind of pursue my medical career. It took me a while to kind of get to that point. So I had some time off between undergraduate and coming back to Carver College of Medicine And I got to work in research full-time. I worked as a nursing assistant, got a lot of different patient care experiences before I started medical school here. And I came into medical school to be a pediatrician, given my kind of past experiences and history working with kids. I really loved the advocacy that went along with working with children that kind of potentially couldn't advocate for themselves. And throughout My time at Carver, my passions have changed a little bit. I am now pursuing a career in obstetrics and gynecology, where I'm able to combine my passions in women's healthcare and the advocacy that comes along with that with kind of this really unique patient population and getting to be a part of their lives. So it's been a little bit of a a winding road to get to that point. But as I am about to be applying to residency programs, I am really excited that I've kind of found my way here. I guess similarly, I came to Carver and, you know, having this background of having the opportunity to be involved in these really impactful and meaningful volunteer experiences, I knew pretty early from the start of medical school that I wanted to find something like that during my four years. It's a lot of, you know, book work and really long hours and hard work. And 
it felt really important to me to do something to kind of connect me back to the community and to why I, you know, started this whole process in the first place. And so I think I'm really lucky that I went to a medical school like Harbor that has this University of Iowa Mobile Clinic. It is pretty much completely student run and it is very pervasive, like in the Carver College of Medicine community, I think like over 50% of medical students are involved in the mobile clinic at some point in their medical school career. So I got involved in my first year, my first semester volunteering at the clinic, really fell in love with it and could see what amazing work they were doing in the community and then just continued to get more and more involved first as a clinic site coordinator for a couple of different clinics in the community. I worked at one of the clinics that was a clinic that primarily served patients that were re-entering into the community after periods of time in the prison system, which was a really unique experience and kind of made me fall in love with kind of the patient populations we serve and with being a coordinator. I then coordinated for one of our food pantry clinics and then helped to start one of our newer clinics that serves immigrant and refugee populations. And so it's just kind of been this gradual increasing involvement and like growing love for the organization that led me to now be the clinic operations executive and get to oversee all of our clinic sites and help with some of the bigger picture projects. Okay. Yeah. What a journey that you've been on. You spoke upon some shifts that you've gone through in terms of going from pediatrician to OBGYN and who knows what you end up going through or to once you're in your residency and thereafter, you're incredibly involved in what University of Iowa has to offer. And that's just awesome to see that someone is kind of finding their personal journey through what Iowa has, and it's definitely making an impact on the community. So speaking on population health and just serving vulnerable populations, can you tell us about the history of the clinic and what healthcare gaps does it fill? You definitely spoke on some of those, but can you reiterate those and add to it? Yeah, absolutely. So this is actually the clinic's 20th year. We're celebrating our 20-year anniversary of Mobile Clinic. So it's been around for quite some time, which I think is really awesome. The clinic's goal has always been to provide care to individuals in the community that are, you know, underserved, uninsured or underinsured and try to help fill those gaps for those patients. It started as more of a basic kind of health screening opportunity for people who might not have a primary care physician to be able to kind of have some kind of contact with healthcare and the healthcare system and be able to kind of follow up on screening interventions and basic healthcare needs. And that goal and mission has largely continued. I would say what we do best is providing this like safety net of primary care to the community. We are able to do pretty basic screening things such as like screening for high blood pressure. We're able to check hemoglobin HbA1c's to screen for diabetes as well as some cholesterol labs. Patients are able to see providers and talk with them and kind of be able to manage their chronic conditions. And so I think that basic kind of primary care need is what we are best at. Over the years, Mobile Clinic has expanded quite a bit. 
to like fit the needs of the community and the patients that we serve. So we have added new clinics, gotten rid of clinics, depending on what's needed at the time in the community. We've realized that our patient populations have shifted over the years And we often have people who are new residents in Iowa and in the United States, and we are kind of their first contact with the healthcare system. We have patients that are undocumented and don't feel comfortable giving their information to the healthcare system. So we've really had to kind of change some of our ways we communicate with patients and kind of services based on those needs. We've also realized that over the years, while we provide this kind of safety net and like basic screening, that when you provide screening interventions, you have patients that screen positive for things. And then you need to be able to have a kind of next step of how you're going to help people obtain the care that they need. And so I think that's what over the past five years or so, the mobile clinic executive teams and volunteers have been really trying to work towards is to provide better contacts and networks to provide specialized or more follow-up care based on what we are able to provide on a preventative health and screening aspect. That's a perfect lead into the next question, just because I want to ask, how does the clinic operate and how is it connected with the university healthcare system? So the UI Mobile Clinic is kind of under the University of Iowa Hospitals and Clinics umbrella. So we are staffed by UIHC physicians, pharmacists, nurse practitioners, and physician assistants. And then our volunteer base is largely University of Iowa undergraduate and graduate program students. I think one of the coolest parts of the mobile clinic is kind of how interprofessional it is. We have services from the pharmacy students, from public health students, from social work, from undergraduate volunteers, medical and PA students, physical therapy, dental, even child life students. So that's one of the coolest parts and has been the most fun to get to work with all of these different groups and organizations to provide care. It is, you know, pretty much 100% volunteer-based and student-run. We currently have 12 different clinic locations. And when we call ourselves a mobile clinic, we are not, you know, on wheels driving around to places. We pack up all of our equipment and we drive that equipment and operate out of like community centers or churches or schools, kind of whatever is available and easily accessible to that specific community and the people that live there. We work really closely with community contacts in each of these areas to kind of best fit the needs of the population that they work with. We currently are operating at 12 physical sites these range from homeless shelter to food pantries to churches to kind of a senior center and then different community centers that serve mostly immigrant refugee populations. So we have very different patient populations kind of at each of these sites. And then we also operate a telemobile clinic that was kind of born out of the COVID era and has continued. And we're hoping to continue to expand to be able to see even more Iowans that maybe live in rural places outside of Johnson County that can't make it to our clinics. Could you speak a little bit about what are the funding sources for the clinic? 
I understand that it's many volunteer hours with the medical students or public health students or what have you. But where are these supplies coming from? Who's advocating for the mobile clinic to get these supplies? Yeah, it's, you know, really dedicated students on our board and volunteers who advocate for funding and supplies. Most of our funding comes from fundraising events. So the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine puts on a 5K run walk every year. And part of that goes to the mobile clinic and part of it goes to the free medical clinic. So that's a large portion of our funding each year. We also do kind of a gold rush campaign that's a virtual fundraising peer-to-peer push. We do a silent auction that we receive some of our funding from. And then we do get some funding from our wonderful institution from the University of Iowa and most recently from the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Department, which has been really wonderful and allowed us to expand quite a bit. And then we have more recently started to get more into applying for grant funding and various other application processes to receive a little bit more funding. A lot of our students are really passionate about a specific project or area in mobile clinic and will help us to secure funding through different grants or things like that. For example, we are adding in kind of a new eye care program and purchased an auto refractor. Recently, we noticed that a lot of our patients came to us with eye care needs, and there really was no free or low-cost option in the area for us to be able to refer them to. And so that was something that dedicated students helped to obtain funding and be able to purchase an autorefractor that we're going to be implementing in clinics soon. So going into a little bit more of how the clinic engages with the community, you talked about engaging with community leaders and how to get contact with diverse populations who maybe won't even go into a regular clinic because they're new to the country or they're underinsured. How does that engagement happen with the community and how do you let community members know about the clinic as well? So a little bit of a marketing side too. Yeah, so we have a marketing team on our board, and they do an awesome job of helping us to advertise our clinic services to the community. But I think the most beneficial advertising we have is word of mouth from people in the community that have come to our clinics and know that they can trust us and receive the care that they need. We work really closely with community members that kind of run these various organizations. You know, most of us are medical students or other graduate students. And so we're not the ones out there in the community on a day-to-day basis getting to know people. And so we really strongly rely on our contacts at the food pantries or other nonprofit organizations in the area to help guide us in what the patient populations need and communicating with them about the resources that we have and helping us to know where our services are needed or not. So we have an advocacy team that works to reach out to members of the community to ask just those questions and get better insight into what we can provide for the community. I think something that we've really moved towards in the last few years is we're not like a one size fits all clinic. So our structure doesn't work the same for every clinic and every population we're at. And we really work to cater what we provide and how we communicate and interact with the patient populations based on what each one needs. 
For instance, we have some patients that don't feel comfortable giving us their home address. We have some patients that are really uncomfortable with vaccinations. And so we really work to like adapt our registration forms to make them feel more comfortable or to provide extra education prior to coming in and just offering people vaccinations. So I think that's been a really awesome improvement recently to kind of adapt what we do to fit the needs of each specific site. You talked about a lot of patients coming in needing eye care and you have a big accomplishment of buying a new device to help out with that. That was clearly one need that the clinic had. What other needs does the clinic have currently and maybe how can others help with those needs? Yeah, I think we definitely have just financial and lack of supply needs. We have the awesome volunteers and community sites that are willing to operate clinics really frequently, but we right now can only operate one clinic at any given time. And so we have clinics pretty much every Saturday, Sunday, and then usually a night or two during the week as well. In order to provide more care to the community more frequently, we would love to be able to have the supplies to be able to operate two clinics simultaneously on the weekend days, for instance. And that would require us to have increased lab equipment and things like that. So funding and supplies is definitely a need of ours moving forward. We also always need providers to staff our clinic. These need to be UIHC providers, given that we are under the University of Iowa umbrella, but we're always looking to recruit providers, PAs, NPs to staff our clinics. And then as I mentioned before, a huge need is just kind of these more specialty services. And we've grown some really great relationships this year with specialty departments at University of Iowa, such as neurology and dermatology that have come and done pop-up clinics. But our patients really do sometimes need more specialized care and follow-up that they cannot pay for. So that is one of our biggest needs that we're trying to look into various avenues to help out with that. If we're going to identify something for them, we would love to be able to help them through the process of actually taking care of that medical problem or need. We would love to be able to provide increased screening efforts such as mammograms for patients or colonoscopies that is recommended for, you know, everyone in the community. And right now we're not able to provide those specialized pieces of screening care yeah, I mean, I could go on and on. There, there are a lot of barriers to the healthcare system and to these patients kind of accessing care. And we're providing what we can and kind of continuing to expand as much as possible. If someone's listening to this right now and wants to reach out, what would be the best way to reach out? Yeah, that's a great question, Logan. So I would first recommend checking out our website, and that is iowamobileclinic.org. From there, you can click on the contact us button and that has our phone number as well as our email. Since most of us are students, the easiest option is probably to contact us via email. If you're interested in volunteering or getting more involved, we always love to create new community relationships and connections and always love to train new volunteers. 
The website also has an opportunity if people are just interested in donating. If you go to the contact us button, there is a donate button if people are willing to help mobile clinic and its efforts moving forward. So switching it back from the mobile clinic to you a little bit more here, what have you learned from being in this position of an operations executive? And you spoke about some other positions you had too, but what has this position helped you learn that maybe other medical students don't have the opportunity to learn if they didn't pursue more of a management or administrative role? You know, I have a lot of things that I think about when I think about like what it's taught me or what I've learned. I think it's really helped for me to see such a wide range of patient populations and presentations and needs and what you or I may think of as healthcare needs or priorities is very different from other people. And so I think it's really helped me to look at like patient autonomy in a different light and really take each patient at base level and address them as an individual and help them to access and receive what they need out of that visit rather than what I think they need. And I think that that has translated really strongly into my patient care that I'm able to be involved in, like through my medical school training as well. I think one of the biggest things that I've noticed that mobile clinic is so helpful for is that you just inevitably become really comfortable and knowledgeable about other community resources. So obviously mobile clinic is a huge resource, but various patient needs come up during the clinic. And part of our job is to help connect those patients with other resources in the community, whether it's food pantries, et cetera. And so I think that that, you know, gives me a different background when I'm approaching patients in medical school at University of Iowa hospitals and clinics. And I feel like I'm really aware of the various resource options in the community. And that's something that's so helpful because it's not something that always gets taught in medical school. You have so much to learn and to cover. And I think knowing the options and resources in your community takes a long time to figure out, but is so important to being able to provide comprehensive healthcare to the patients that you're seeing. And I think mobile clinic helps our students have a better idea of what the Iowa city community has to offer for its residents. In terms of population health and managing patients or patient populations, Your experience with the mobile clinic seems perfect for engaging those communities or other organizations within the community. And it seems that your experience is like the ideal experience for upcoming physicians to treat patients with complex needs. And when we're looking at health disparities that are coming in from not necessarily the condition that they have, but where they're living Mm -hmm. and what their food supply is like and et cetera, et cetera, all these other things that come into play. And it seems that the mobile clinic and your experience in this role has shined light into more possibilities of a physician connecting their patient to other resources to help them that ultimately helps with their health too. Absolutely. So now you're in your final year of medical school, meaning that you're leaving your role Where would you like the mobile clinic to go in the future and especially after you leave your position? 
And then after that, where do you plan on going? You talked about OBGYN getting a residency there, but what else? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I think part of the beauty of mobile clinic is that a different student leadership group comes in almost every year. You know, usually mobile clinic gets people in and kind of traps them because it's such a great organization. So you have quite a few people that are involved for many years, but our board has quite a bit of turnover each year. And I think that's a wonderful thing because people come in with new ideas and new perspectives and new passions. I'm obviously really passionate and interested in women's health and increasing those services. And the next year might have a different passion. And so I'm just excited to see kind of where those passions take the clinic. I think we're working really hard this year to revamp some things and lay some really good groundwork that people can then take and run with moving forward. But I think all of us on the board and probably the volunteers would love to see, you know, increased specialty services for patients that need future follow-up care. I know you guys have talked with the free medical clinic as well, which I don't think we could do what we do without having a relationship and partnership with the free medical clinic. Honestly, we refer so many of our patients to them. They're able to do more comprehensive laboratory workups and chronic disease management than we are and are just such a wonderful resource in the community. And I think they would agree too that, you know, if we could move more towards having avenues for our patients that need increased care to receive that at a affordable reason price, that that would be a huge win for the community. And how about yourself? Where, where do oh, you start? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I am really excited to be applying to OBGYN and to hopefully be a future OBGYN. You know, it's a competitive application process. And so I am just hoping to match anywhere. I don't know where it's going to take me. I am just hoping that in this search for a program, I'm able to find somewhere that has opportunities like this to be involved at a community level like this and to be able to help underserved and minority patients. You know, we run a women's health clinic in conjunction with the free medical clinic. They allow us to use their space once a semester. And we have students and staff that come from the OBGYN department at University of Iowa and help to run that. And so I'm hoping that I'm able to find a program that really values preventative health and serving the underserved like University of Iowa does. Are you interested in rural health care in general? I am. I I have kind of these two very strong interests that sometimes don't go together, but I'm really interested in teaching and working in an academic center, but I also really love the rural health population and minority patient populations and underserved and giving back to my community. So, you know, those things don't always go together, but I'm really hoping that I can find a future career that allows me to be able to do both. Yeah, with everything that you talked about today, it seems that your future is going to involve more than just being a physician and being a community leader as well. So Yes, I am hoping so. So last question, we always ask our guests this, and I think you kind of touched on some things that you've learned already, but this is a unique question in terms of something you you were maybe confident about knowing or you thought you knew and then later you're proven wrong. 
Yeah. What a good question. You know, it's hard to not think about this in terms of like healthcare. I think I thought that I knew, or I thought that I could provide the healthcare to patients, you know, to give them whatever they needed. And I felt like in my naive younger self coming into medicine, I thought if you just care about your patients and you just work really hard to get them the resources that you need, then like, it'll be fine. And that is not unfortunately how our healthcare system is set up. There are so many barriers and I think it's a little overwhelming for people like me involved in mobile clinic who really want this for our patients. And some of the issues seem kind of too big for any of us to, to fix or to do anything about. And so I think that that has been definitely an eye-opening experience during medical school. I think I've learned that I can't fix everything and you can only do, you know, as much as you can do. And I think that every interaction with every singular patient matters and helps to kind of move in the right direction. But I have learned that just having good intentions and caring about a patient is not enough often to get them what they need, unfortunately. Yeah, that is the unfortunate truth. And I think with my pursuit of healthcare administration, I hope to have a small change in, in those things that you're talking about in terms of access and affordability and et cetera. Yeah. And there is hope. And, and I think our generation will, will lead to good things in the future with people like you who really care about the community and making sure that patients have what they need. And I know one thing is collaboration between clinicians, between administrators, between community organizations, this collaboration effort is what's going to help vulnerable populations in the future. So yeah, absolutely. It's, it's definitely very uplifting meeting people like you and working with my peers and, you know, seeing how much everyone cares. And I, I am really hopeful that things are going to change, change for the better in our lifetime of practicing in our roles and our jobs. Yeah, on that note, we should end this podcast. And I really appreciate you coming on and sharing about your journey into being a clinician and the mobile clinic and the community relations that go along with that and talking about the current state of the medical system right now, too. So thank you so much. Yeah, I just wanted to give a shout out to the rest of my mobile clinic team. Although they could not be here to be on the podcast with me, the mobile clinic would not run without them. We have a wonderful executive team that takes care of so much of what I talked about today. And then I am, you know, no longer the one that is at all of these clinics on the ground doing things and have such wonderful clinic coordinators and volunteers that make these clinics happen and give patients such good experiences. So it just is such a collaborative team effort and want to make sure that the rest of my wonderful team gets gets credit for the amazing work of mobile clinic as well that's great yeah thank you morgan yeah thank you logan that's it for our episode this week big thanks to morgan kennedy with the university of iowa mobile clinic for joining us today This episode was hosted and written by Logan Schmidt and edited and produced by me, Anya Morozov. You can learn more about the University of Iowa College of Public Health on Facebook. And our podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to help support the podcast, please share it with your colleagues, friends, or anyone interested in public health. Have a suggestion for our team? 
You can reach us at cph-gradambassador at uiowa.edu. This episode was brought to you by the University of Iowa College of Public Health. Until next week, stay healthy, stay curious, and take care. <laughs>